Welcome to the Gear Garage Live Show. This weekly YouTube show covers whitewater rafting, river safety, gear, and anything else Zach feels like rambling on about. Happy Monday and welcome to the the Gear Garage Live Show. This is something I try to do every Tuesday. Tomorrow I'll be traveling, so I'm gonna do I'm doing it early on Monday today, but we'll try to get back on task Tuesday after this. We talk about rafting, kayaking, I don't know, whatever I feel like talking about. And today we have a great show. I have three topics I want to cover. I want to talk about some high water stuff, this new Makita tool that I'm excited about. It's not new, but it's a new adapter. And the River Radius podcast before answering questions that people have submitted to this show. This is a show that's part me talking about stuff I feel like talking about and just part question and answer throughout the show. If you have a question, please leave it in the comments or you just have a comment. So this is you can ask questions as you go in the comments and we'll go as long as it takes to get through all this content and any questions that I have. So with that, let's get started. First, I want to talk about high water and uh it's high water season. Uh, that's a good reason why. And I want to share a, sorry, I didn't have this ready. I want to share a water graph with everybody. And I'm talking about this because, I'm sorry, I'm slow. I'm not ready. Hold on. There we go. Because I've just been a part of a number of discussions about boating trips and people thinking about going boating. I feel like there's a common knowledge or language we have and we don't, or there's just a common understanding that we have and we don't. So I'm just going to share my opinions that I think are correct, but can everybody hear me okay, by the way? Oh, you can hear me because Cody, you can, you answer my thing. I didn't realize my microphone is so far away. Uh, just a couple of comments I want to make. Uh, in this Illinois graph, you can see my arrow. When the river's on the rise, like this during this time frame it's really not a good idea to go it's a pretty bad idea it doesn't and i'm showing the illinois because this graph is really good but this has come up recently on other rivers where like the river is skyrocketing it's like here going straight up and everybody's like let's go boating i'm just so hesitant to go on any river that's skyrocketing up even if the prediction says it's about the peak it may or may not do that thing the predictions are not generally correct they're not super accurate they're just to give you a guideline of what might happen and so i just want to make sure everybody knows this is my thinking at least i'm really hesitant to put on any river when it's on the rise especially if it's the first peak of the year so over the summer uh stuff's falling by the banks uh pine cones pine needles logs things and when the river comes up for the first time like this it's bringing all that stuff down. So that means new log jams, debris in the river, all kinds of stuff we want to avoid. And so that's my first thing. My second thing, it, well, my second part of this is now here. Oh, wait, I'm back here. Yeah, here it's coming up. I'm happier here, although I don't, it's not as steep here. See how it's really steep here? When it's going straight up like that, who knows what it's going to the moon. Here it's not as steep. I'm a little less hesitant, uh, but I like this peak a lot because it's peaked, what was that, a week before? I like, I don't want to be on the first peak of the year or even like coming down off the first peak of the year because that's when wood settles into rapids. And so this whole thing, this, I think this was the big high water of the year on the Illinois. I'm going to avoid all of this like crazy. I want to see it drop 
and then come back up and hit a smaller peak. So I'm going to wait for the second or third smaller peak once there's been reports by somebody who's been out there at reasonable flows to make sure there's no wood. Okay, so then if you go past here, you'll see this is like right here. This is where the prediction line, this is the prediction. This all looks like a wonderful time to go. It's on the drop. There's nothing predicted to come up. It's You can't, the prediction is always right. It could come up, but like this looks like a wonderful time to go. And if this, if it kind of slowly jumps like this, like there's a little bit of rain, I'm not as nervous about this. It's these like straight up peaks that make me super nervous. So I just want to share that. It's a strong opinion that I have uh, based on like what I was taught, but also like accidents I've seen in the past. The other thing is uh, with high water is high water can be really fun and it can be a good time to go. I feel like if nobody's been on the run ever, the first time should not be at high water. And no matter how much you read on the internet and books and you get firsthand, secondhand knowledge, your first run, in my opinion, should be at normal flows within a normal range suggested by other people or below that. I like my first run to be at low water personally, but you don't want to deal with pushiness on a river that's that, that you, nobody in the, the trip has done or a river that isn't very well known. So if it's not a super well-known river or you, nobody's done it, it's a really good idea to have your first run to be within the flow regime other people represent. So I, I just want to say those things. And if anybody thinks I'm wrong, like shoot it in the comments, be like, no, Zach, you're being super cautious. Like that sounds like nonsense. Um, but just some, a couple, couple things just based on some conversations I've had lately. Okay. That's high water. Next is this Makita adapter. And so some of you may know, I wonder if the old one is, I was working with, I thought I brought it over here. An adapter. Where did I put it? That went on the end of the rubberized. So this is the Makita um, tool, the blower. Because I got that probably was really loud. It blows air. It's really cool. And there's a rubberized adapter at the top. And somebody, uh, Kelsey was making an adapter that went at the end of the rubberized adapter. But Kelsey kind of went non-responsive. Kelsey, if you're out there, send me a note. I, I try to reach out to you. I need more of them. I try to reach out to you. And so um, the, right now, there's no adapter you can buy. And somebody else contacted me with these. And this just goes right on the tool. And so it connects exactly. There's no rubberized thing. I kind of like the rubberized thing because it's like a little bit longer, but it also gets lost. Like I've lost a couple of them and they wear out of our time and they're really hard to find new ones. And so this one just skips the rubberized thing, I think, which is actually great. And if you can see, there's this little cross inside there. When you put it in your leaf field valves, it pushes the valve open. So you don't have to like open it, pull this out and then go close it. This pushes it open and then it lets it out. It releases it, which is a really nice thing. And the ones that Kelsey made did the same thing. That's uh, a nice feature. Also, you can pull it off of the blowing out and put it on this side. So when you go to suck air out, if you do that, it sucks air out. So it's a sweet little adapter. Um, somebody contacted me who's making them. He has like a, I don't know, whatever it's called. A, what's the thing where you like put plastic into a machine and it makes something? But you, you, you do it at home. Somebody knows the answer to that. Uh, 3D printer. His 3D printer is making them. He's selling them to me. I'm going to pass those on to anybody who wants them. They're on the riverhardware.com website, which I should bring up here to share with you all. Uh, let's go back here. Let's see. Stop. Everybody give me a second. I have to 
pull this up. This is the guide's guide to Illinois. If you go under rafting gear, just show up. I have it for sale. It's $26.95. It is a little bit expensive. I'm just straight up. It's a little bit expensive. Uh, this is the only photo I have so far. They'll be black. They should arrive today. And so if you want to get them early, I have 10. So the first 10 people that want them uh, can buy them. And yeah, I think that's all I want to say about the adapters. I'm stoked on it. I need some. So I was stoked to get some uh, for myself. Okay, that's the new blower adapter. And then the last thing I want to say, talk about, is the River Radius podcast. And some of you might be listening to this podcast, this as a podcast on like Spotify or I don't know, whatever you're listening to it on. This is meant to be a live YouTube show. And a big goal of the show, you know, Aaron and I used to do Aaron and Zach's ridiculously bad show. We tried a bunch of things out. Um, I'm now just doing this like once a week show where I talk about things I want to talk about and answer questions. That's just what I'm doing. Uh, the River Radius podcast is a real podcast. And so if you're listening, sorry, if you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, you shouldn't be. Like you can. I may I, It exists on podcasts because people ask me to put it on podcasts. But it's really intended to be a live YouTube show that I just like Tuesdays at 2, I jump on the internet and have a conversation with different people. So I met Sam who does this podcast this last week. Awesome dude. He's putting so much energy into the show. Uh, he has some great sponsors. NRS has chosen to sponsor him, which is awesome because we want people who have good shows, good content to get paid for it. Otherwise, they won't keep doing it. And so thank you to NRS for sponsoring it. I really appreciate that. And uh, he's done some re really great episodes, things I didn't think I was even interested in. I'll listen to, and they're really good. And I feel like this is the podcast for our community. So if you haven't subscribed, jump on over, subscribe. It's not on YouTube, I don't think, but he has a you can go over here, it's Instagram, Facebook, like follow him every way you can, please. We need these people putting out high quality content. This is what I wish I had the ability to do. If I had a cool voice like Sam and the ability to do high quality stuff, he's, he's an impressive gentleman. So I just want to share the river podcast, um, with everyone. Okay. Let's go through questions. Am I going to Boatsmith? I am not going to Boatsmith. Sean, I looked at Courtsville Creek guides. Your site says three slash four plus AWA says four or five. I assume you're right. Well, there's an upper and a lower. Uh, Sean, so Courtsville Creek. Let's go. I think the upper is four or five. Usually, mine's rated Courtsville Creek rafting. Which one's Courtsville Creek? I get these confused sometimes. Yeah, so uh, lower Courtsville Creek. I call it three four. It's a beautiful run. Uh, I, it's not harder than four. Maybe there's a four plus in there. Let's see. I didn't even put a four plus in there. There's a yeah. Well, it's not that hard. And so I'm usually rate things a little higher than AW does. So let's see if we can find uh, what AW says. Huh. Let's put AW. Let's see if we get an answer. Does AW even have a Courseville Creek? Let's see if we can find it here. Uh, Sean, if you, I don't know. I, I my guess is that uh, my guide is for lower Courtsville Creek, 
and the AW American um, AWA is that some AWA? I'm not sure what that is, but AW, which is American Whitewater, um, I'm guessing has a description of Upper Quartzfield Creek, and I think I think that's what's going on. Okay, what about the new K pump valve with pressure release? That's cool. K pump valve with the K pump's making a valve. Okay, let's look this up. K pump. K pump's a cool company. I'm like pretty jazzed on K pump. K pump is a company. The K air pressure relief valve. Hmm. Is this what you're talking about? Last or proper inflation. So you're saying put this on, huh? Interesting. Put this on the end of your pump so it gets the right PSI. First of all, the Makita is not going to get you to proper inflation. This is going to get the bulk of the work done, but this is not going to inflate your wrap all the way. You need a pump to finish the job and to get to proper a proper inflation level. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Sean, American, I think it's an AW. I, are you talking about American Whitewater? I'm not sure what AWA is. Um, it's talking about the lower two and the upper. So in my opinion, Sean, the, the lower is class three, four. If American Whitewater or somebody else is saying it's four or five, that's a different opinion. And you need to decide on your own. I can't. You know, maybe I made a mistake. I don't know. The upper is definitely four or five. And so I, I could research it later, but I'm not going to research it right now. Okay. Thank you all for the questions. Uh, let's get on to the, the questions I promised I'd answer. And the first one, the first question is, what are your thoughts regarding the upper and middle fork log jams come late May 2024? Just for the record, everyone out there who asked me questions, I do not predict weather flows or mother nature. I just, I can't, I'm going to give you an opinion, but I, these are thoughts like what you're asking, but I cannot predict the future, especially when it comes. And if it's the Oahe, you don't even bother asking me. I don't you try to predict the Oahe. I imagine it's up to mother nature. It is, but there are talks of humans removing some, all of the, all of the log jams. I have not heard of any of these talks. So and usually I know, so I haven't heard that. Will the Forest Service adjust private boater permits if they are still there and impassable for rafts wanting to launch a boundary? I hope not. I think it's ridiculous that people get a permit and then don't go because it's not what they expected and then expect to use a permit the following year. That's, you know, everybody's pissed off right now because they can't get permits. All the, everybody's like, oh, it's impossible to get permits. Or is it? It's because the the managing agencies of these rivers have put off people's permits because of COVID, because of log jams, because of whatever. And now like even before they start a lottery, a bunch of the spaces are taken from people pushed over from previous years. I feel, this is my opinion. This is just my opinion. I feel that if you get a permit for a date, you go or don't go. And if it costs you $20,000 to go, the Forest Service doesn't have a responsibility to give you a permit the next year. And that's just my opinion. You, you know, or you know, if it's if it's a fly into Indian, it's not even twenty thousand. It's like whatever, several thousand, divided amongst a group. If you get a permit and COVID's happening, you that sucks. Life sucks. Life isn't fair. Like you got a COVID, you got a permit during COVID. Because um, what's happening now is like nobody can get a permit, 
because so many permits have been pushed off based on and and, it, and it's a slippery slope like now if you get sick can you call the forest service and say hey i got sick like like what where do, where does the forest service decide what that line is is it log jams is it fires is it bad weather is it somebody in your party got sick um it's just hard for the forest service i think to draw that line so i just feel like you get a permit for that date if you can't go life's unfair like it's a, that's a bummer so um, anyway, sorry. Um, this is my opinion. I'm, I'm sure I'm making people mad. I don't intend to, but that's just my opinion. Or will they say figure it out and permit holders will have to launch? Yeah, I, f I feel like that's what they should do. Like, at, I have to do that. I have to, like, as an outfitter, we have to, you know, fly to Indian. We bear the cost. Our guests ultimately pay for it. I don't charge them more. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to offer you the trip. And if it costs me a lot more to run it, that's how it is. I think if you're asking my guess, well, I think it totally depends on the snowpack this year. If there's a good snowpack, we'll see high water. It'll, it should blow everything out and it should be fine. If there's a crappy snowpack, which is like so far what it's looking like, it could be really problematic. And I imagine it will be runnable, but it might be like class four with like class five. It could be like class four moves above logs. And then does the first... If the river isn't what's advertised, let's say it was class three and all of a sudden it's class four because of the landslides and one log is super dangerous, making it like require solid class four skills. Does the forest service have a, should they give you a permit the following year? Cause you don't have the skills to run a, the river, the way it exists in a wilderness. I would say like, they don't want, I don't want to urge people to go, uh, on the river when they shouldn't be there, but you have to make a self-determination. Like, yeah, I don't have the ability to make a class four move that if I miss, I could die. So I shouldn't go on this trip. That's a bummer. Like that's just how that goes. Um, yeah. So keep up the great work. Thanks, Sean. It's AW, but dream flows. That's just dream flows making a mistake. Yeah. That's just dream flows making a mistake. I mean, I guess you'd call it American Whitewater Association, but there's there's a company, a, there's several companies, AWA, so it's a little confusing. Um, I usually refer to AW. I'm enjoying Cody's content on private whitewater. Yeah, no, it's his is better than mine. Like that's that's solid. Um, I've been enjoying it too. If those of you that are not members of, I'm gonna uh, add Cody's channel. Maybe you can click this or something. Those of you that are not subscribers to Cody's channel. Please subscribe. We really want him to get to a thousand. Like, it, I don't know where where you're at now, Cody. Like, I don't know hundreds, but let's get Cody to a thousand. So, if you have a second, turn this channel off. Go to Private Whitewater, subscribe, and then come back if you can. Okay. Um, let's see where are we at. Enjoy, Sean. It's AW and join American Whitewater while you're at it. But you have a lot. Everybody, you have lots of things to do. Buy an adapter. Join AW, uh, do Cody's channel. Yeah, lots of things to do. Okay, next question. Oh, look, somebody just ordered one. That's so cool. I love the internet. I just got an email that somebody ordered one of these adapters. So whoever did, thank you. Makes me super feel super valued. And I, I when I sell things like this, I this isn't my retirement plan. I just I know people need them, and so I'm doing my best to like get them and provide them for the public. So um hopefully you all enjoy them i think they're gonna be great okay 
Uh, let's see, where are we in the show? Okay, next, next slide, next question. All right, first off, I've been enjoying your YouTube channel for a while now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know you've mentioned how so many people ask you what should I buy, what's best for me, and then someone has a question. Yeah, I get asked all the time, uh, what boat should I buy? And then I tell people, well, I don't like blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, then don't buy it. Buy this. Well, I don't like, and then it's just like endless discussion. Size or, yeah, I'll say buy a 16-foot boat. And they're like, well, it's, what about this and this and that? I'm like, okay, well, then don't buy a 16-foot boat. Okay, right now I'm boating a 12-foot air destroyer with a DRL River Gypsy frame. Solid. Solid. I'm stoked for you. Good choice on everything. I need to look for something bigger for my wife and I for day trips and the occasional multi-day trips. 14-foot cataract seems to be what I keep coming back to. Now for my question. If you were looking at a new 14-foot cat and frame, what would you look at? First of all, if I'm going to do multi-days with my wife, I'm not taking a cat. I, the answer, the answer to this question is 16 foot raft. It's just, that's the answer. 16 foot raft and buy the most expensive one you can afford. It, it literally is. You get what you pay for. If you want something bomber, solid will last a long time. Just get a wing for whatever they are. Like they're probably 12 grand at this point. If you want something just really good, get yourself an air. It's really good. You're going to be super happy with it. You should be. If you want to save some money, get an RMR. Oh, and Sotar is in there somewhere. Sotar is probably in between air and wing, right? So I'm going to say the answer to this question is 16-foot raft. I live in southwest Colorado, and my home water is a Dolores, so primarily, primarily cold, shallow water. With shallow water, I'm not going to run a cat because there's less surface. There's less how – do I, how do I say this? There's less tube in the water. So given the same amount of weight, it's going to sit deeper and hit deeper rocks. You want something with a lot of area touching the water. So it all pushes down and it's a tire. So for shallow water, I'm going raft and I'm going bigger raft. A 12-foot raft does not perform better on the middle fork in low water than a 16-foot raft. The, you want it to sit as high as you can. So 16-foot raft is my answer. So, But given that you want a 14-foot cataract, uh, if you did – I would go, first of all, you have an air, you know, it's solid. Like why not go air? It's same repair kit, same style. Like you just get it, just get an air. Like you can't go wrong. If you're happy with our 12 foot, get an air. Uh, wing does not make a 14 foot boat. I would say wing would be the top end. They don't have a design for it. They don't, that I know of. Um, I think Sotars are really, I think Jeremiah now owns the company. Yeah. For those who don't know, Jeremiah now owns Sotar. Uh, Awesome dude. He gets it. I think now that Jeremiah just, it's his company. Sotars are solid. I'm behind him hundred percent, 99%, hundred percent. Like, I just don't think you can go wrong with the Sotar um, with this new ownership. Uh, I don't like Moravia cats cause they're, there's too much rocker. They don't keep up. Don't keep the line. Uh, 14 foot cataract. Anybody else have any suggestions? Uh, 14 foot. Well, how, how was it? Why doesn't NRS have, or why doesn't have air have them for sale? Why do you have to go to NRS to buy it on sale? Wave destroyer. Can't go wrong. With, hey, no, dude, I do not buy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Two things. I don't sell these frames anymore. Man, what a headache to make them and to transport them. Um, no life. 
no, only, yours is the only one that has lifetime guarantee. I, it doesn't even need a lifetime guarantee. There's no way this thing, these things will ever have, and they're so bomber. Um, I'm going to say they have a 25-year guarantee, but I only made like 10 and sold 10, so there's no more out there. Okay, hopefully I answer this question. The answer to the question is, if it's for you and your wife doing multi-day trips, get a 16. Air has some, or a 15-6. Air has some sweet boats. Uh, get get the regular size too. Get the get the 156R. That's a solid air. Get yourself a 16 foot Sotar. Uh, a high side. High side makes. And I think high side even has a 14 foot cat. I would go high side too. High side's a good solid boat to go with. And if I left something out, like I'm I'm sorry, everyone. There's probably some other cool stuff out there. And in the comments, you know, if those of you have other suggestions, please do. Okay, next one. I've resisted this for a while, but I'm coming to the conclusion I need to equip my raft with a power bank and a solar array. Ugh, keep, keep resisting. Do you really? Come on. No. I Guys, I have to do YouTube content. I have to bring cameras on trips. I don't even need a solar panel. Like, what are you doing? Are you powering like a, a kitchen utensil? I don't know. Ideally, I'd like to have both and related gear in a single ammo can. All right. It depends how big the ammo can is. Have you investigated this? Do you have recommendations? Thanks for your show. Um, first, I'm going to say don't do it. Like, I would say the in my opinion, these are my opinions. I just want to make the – oh, somebody else bought one. Cool. Um, I just want to be very clear on this show. I am opinionated. I'm wrong all the time. I'm just sharing my thoughts. You're asking me. I'm sharing my thoughts. I'm not going to be – tell you what you I think you want to hear so you subscribe like I I turns out I I lose subscribers on the live show I have a net loser of subscribers like people hear the live show and are annoyed with me and unsubscribe I get that but I you've asked me my opinion I'm sharing my opinion this is what I think again I could be wrong okay so what I think is you shouldn't bring a solar panel on a river trip unless it's the Grand Canyon I can see on the Grand Canyon because you need to charge your phone and some gopros and okay i'm cool with it but even on the grand canyon we had two solar panels on our on the last trip i did and it was sunny the whole time you just you have to set them up all the time people forget they don't work that well like they work but it's not like that great it's just crushing out enough charge to maybe keep your phone alive and something else maybe so i just don't think like other than grand canyon we should we need solar panels um, and, and the, the bigger the solar panels, the better you need a lot of solar panel to make this work. If it's going to fit in like a little ammo can, do I have a little ammo can around here? Yeah. One of these, I just don't think if it's like this size of ammo can, if you know, like the normal, whatever this is called, this is a 20 mil, 20 cal, whatever these are called. You're just not going to get like an adequate size of panel inside of this. It's just not, it's not going to happen. I'm a fan when I do the middle fork and just bring a big battery uh, and not have to deal with the solar panel. So I would say just go with like a pretty good battery. And when you run out, you run out. Um, Sean. Yeah, small solar panels. Yep. So uh, let's go. The, the one, So I have investigated this. And the one I've investigated is goal zero. And I've, I have a couple. I have one solar panel and a couple of different batteries. Uh, there's a number of companies that make them. 
and they're not as durable as as you all think. But this actually, whoa, what's that? That looks cool. Wow, that looks rubberized. Uh, let's see if we can find that. Uh, Yeti. So let's play around here a little bit. Uh, outdoor. On the go. That's probably us. On the go adventures. This looks pretty cool. Adventure 35 plus Lighthouse 600 plus Nomad 10. Whoa. Adventure 75. Whoa, these new. Okay, so this looks kind of cool. This looks like kind of cool. Um, I have a, a Gold Zero solar panel. And it ha it parts the plastic have broken off, by the way. This looks like not as plasticky. And this thing had, hopefully that's rubberized. But, um, yeah, really simple. It's going to do something. That, that This whole bracket on the back, stuff like this on my solar panel all broke after using it for, I probably used a total of a month. Uh, but who knows, it might last. I would say something like this would be fine. But honestly, like, if, if it was me, I have the old one of these. Just a bomber battery. Just a solid, solid battery. And I would just bring a bigger battery and leave the solar panel at home. Um, I just, they don't work that well. The cool thing about this too is it has um, inductive charging. So you can put your phone on top and it will just charge it. I've had that a few times where the connectors on my, my batteries have broken. And I can't charge a phone or people. I've had a friend whose phone didn't accept the charge to here and having the inductive charge is kind of nice. So you just set it together in your bag. You don't have to have wires everywhere. If you lose the wire, you're good. I would just go with a great, and I have, again, the older version of this battery. I want to buy this newer battery, but it's 200 bucks. Uh, so I'm probably not going to, but I would go with something like that. Or even like if you're going to go big, whoa, there's, they have these things. I mean, this little tiny thing is almost useless. This Nomad 5 is like, I, it doesn't produce enough power. You need a, to produce a lot of power. I would go for like even a bigger battery. Let's see what we got in terms of bigger battery. And I, yeah, something like this thing. If I mean, just get yourself, let's see, let's go to tailgating. Yeah, something like this. Get yourself a box like this. This is probably, I mean, it looks like it's the size of an ammo can maybe. Just get yourself one of these portable power stations and just charge it before you go. And you don't have to worry about like your solar panel or wires and people tripping over it and the sun moving and bad weather. I would just, yeah, this or like the one slightly bigger. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not going to buy one of these uh, personally. Oh, that's kind of cool. It has a handle. But if I needed to power all kinds of things, this is probably what I'd go with. These are pretty, these look pretty cool. Okay, hopefully I answered that question. Um, Blair, a Bimini with solar panels? Uh, that's an interesting idea. Like, you, oh, yeah, the thing that goes over the top of your rack. Yeah, but if you flip, you lose a lot of money on solar panels. Speaking of that, I have these Bimini clips. Better mounts, if you guys remember. Um, we dealt with questions before I move on. Uh, oh, oh well, I'll, get, I'll get back to the last question. There's one more question. I have the Better Mounts guy sent me these to just try out. These are, can you see them? These are mounts for Bimini. They've been sitting in my desk. And Better Mounts makes these things that are 
better, like they're lighter, they're stronger, and I think cheaper than the NRS ones. If you're going to go with brackets, I would go to bettermounts.com and buy these. I just bought a couple frames from him with these. He has frames now. So anyway, he sent me these to just test out these the mini things. If anybody wants these, I'm like really close to throwing them away. I should send them back to him. I am will probably never personally use a Bimini in my life. And so I have no use for them. And so if somebody wants these, send a note and I'll mail them to you. Okay. Here we go. Uh, last question. Oh, here we go. One more thing for Sean. I loved Big Blue 28 watt panel, waterproof, a couple of big batteries, half the brick size. Yeah. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of them. Uh, when I was, I did a multi-day trip in Bhutan a year ago and the Bhutanese just had random solar panels that I put in the back of my raft that got tied down and they charged a battery all day and they had electric lights in camp, which was really cool actually. Uh, so like, the, and these were just no, they weren't fancy goal zeros. They were just like solar panels. They bought the hardware store or somewhere. Okay. Let's get back to our questions here, team. Hopefully they answer that question. Um, the answer is yes. I've done a little bit of research, and but I'm not an expert. But I have, I, as you can tell, I have strong opinions. Okay, hey, I was looking at Fretwater Boatworks Dory called the Doriac. Hold on, what's a Fretworks? Let's look this up. Fretworks Boat Wooden Dory. Fretworks Boat Wooden. Dory. Doriax Dories. Okay. Fret work. Okay, these are cool. Fret, I never heard of this place. Run them, wreck them. Fix them, who's on? Oh, they're funny, at least. Uh, it's pretty cool. Huh. Wow. That looks pretty sweet. Man, cool. Uh, I'm not a Dory person, so I, I, we might be getting the Dory stuff I don't know about. I I just Dories require you to own a Dory, a big wooden thing, which requires you probably need a garage to put it in. You have to have money first to buy a Dory, and then you have to have a garage to put it in. You have a trailer, and you need help getting it off and on the trailer. There's big, heavy river things that can sink. They seem incredibly impractical to me. So I get that they're people think they're really cool, and there's a lot of history behind them, and it's like a new way to run the river. Um, if somebody like did, all, it's like creature crafts. If you get it to put in for me, I would love to run it. But the storage, the transportation, the maintenance, I'm out. It's too much. Um, so I'm probably not going to get into them. So anyway, uh, let's see. I'm very, I'm a very mediocre boater. Yeah, congratulations. But have an interest in the Illinois River. Mediocre boating and the Illinois River do not go together. Like the Illinois is a difficult, unpredictable river through an incredibly rugged wilderness with very challenging evacuation. It's just, it's like all the things in one. And so I would, I would not recommend anybody who self describes them as mediocre, uh, going down to Illinois in any craft. Also love floating wooden boats. Sweet. As far as I know, there hasn't been a wooden boat down the Illy. I know it's been drift boated. I think they had wooden boats uh, by some legendary outfitters. I think in the nineties um, I'm not going to tell the whole story cause I forget it, 
uh, but I've heard the story a couple times. I know some people that are on this trip. It's definitely was done in, in McKenzie drip boats. And uh, I don't know if there would or not. And there was one accident, not like to a boat, a boat accident, not a person accident. Okay. The Doriac is small, agile, and can go down the Grand Canyon. Seems like the both the Illinois. The Grand Canyon and the Illinois are different beasts. In the Grand Canyon, if you swim, you generally just swim through a rapid and there's a pool at the end. On the Illinois, a swim isn't as as uh, uh, forgiving as the Grand Canyon. The Illinois is more difficult. I know the I know the Grand Canyon goes to class ten and all, but like the Illinois is definitely more difficult than the Grand Canyon. And if you have a problem on the Grand Canyon, there are other groups on the river out there that can like help you. And there's a national park service that can evacuate you on the Illinois. There aren't other groups necessarily that, that can or will help you. And there's no national park service that our government fees are using to evacuate people with. So if you crash a drip boat, it, it's, the drip boat's there. I don't, you're not going to get it out. You've littered and um, getting out of that place is really hard. It's all, it's really hard. Okay. So uh, what are your thoughts? Those are my thoughts. Like the Illinois is a very challenging river in a remote place, unpredictable weather, unpredictable water. It's already hard enough in kayaks and rafts. If you were the, it's, I just don't think it's, there's a reason people don't do it in wooden boats or drift boats or whatever. Um, so I would suggest if you want to do the Illinois, do it in a raft or a cataract. Cataract's probably better. That 14 foot cataract we we're talking about earlier is probably like the most forgiving boat. If you're really into these wooden Doriacs and you want a more challenging river, I would choose a different one than the Illinois. Uh, maybe like the Rogue. Yeah, do something like the Rogue. Do the, Maybe the, the middle do the rogue and the middle fork of the salmon first, or um, uh, what would be a more in between? The lower Klamath is a good start, and California, like the Tuolumne, is similar in difficulty. Like, go, but there's more. Mm, no, don't do the Tuolumne. Um, do the Clackamas. It depends where you live. Go, let's, let's spend some time on class three and class four, get away from that mediocre section before even considering the Illinois. I really don't want a drift boat left on the side of the river down there. Uh, it just takes away from everybody's trip. So those are my thoughts. If anybody else has thoughts, throw them in there. Okay, uh, last few comments. Off topic, but you're the only person I have found in the US offering IRF. I can't make a course this year. Do you know anyone else offering IF cert in the US? Yeah, I do. A uh, few. Uh, we're starting to get more and more instructors. And so and we're starting to get more and more courses. The best way to find that out is IRF GTE courses. Uh, there's a list of them here and they're not even all up yet. Uh, so we're doing a guide school, which this one here is a guide school and then like an IRF course. And then uh, Scott is doing a one that's level two and three uh, in White Salmon, June 3rd. I know that that same time frame, like I think May 28th, there's going to be one on the Gauley River with Ace. Um, I think those are the dates. They've been, that's what I've been told. They're, I don't know if they're 100% public yet. 
the courses are supposed to end up here as they pop up. Orange Torpedo on the Rogue River has an instructor now, and they be, may be offering a course too. So that's what we have for now. Uh, if you, yeah, I'm sorry I can't make our date. I'm I'm starting to push harder on on fellow outfitters and uh, friends of mine to consider having their guides take these courses. And so I think it's going to take a while, but in like three, four, five, six, ten years, we'll start seeing a lot more courses. But I think in the short term, this is what we're limited to. But if if uh, Scott if Scott has room, that's that's an opportunity. Okay, Creek Frames by Adam Walker. Yeah, Adam makes frames. That's where I would go if he has time. Yeah, that's the problem. Making these frames is it's a lot of work, and they're heavy. They don't have any more on the website. Kyle, you're going to be more specific. Who is they? And any more, what does that mean? Please, like, when you say they don't have any more on the website, I'm not sure what you mean. Unless they answered a question. Are they trying to guide near up? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the other option is, I mean, there's some cool courses. If you look at this, you can go to France and take a course in March, go to Argentina. I it's probably, I know it's expensive. So you can't, not everybody can afford to go on a European vacation. You go to Nepal, looks like, oh, starting yesterday. Missed that one. Um, Argentina here in a few days. So, um, we're starting to add more. It's just, um, yeah, they're, they're very, they're very, they're a lot of work. Putting these courses on is a lot of work and takes a lot of energy. So we're only, right now we're only doing one a year. But I'd love to help you out, Kyle, if I can. But keep looking at this calendar because this will change. I know the one of the Gali is going to go up there sometime soon. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's it, unless anybody else has any questions. Uh, good luck with the Dory. Please don't get solar. Get a 16-foot raft. I can't predict the future. That's the quick answer to all of it. Uh, thank you all for again for enjoying the show. If you're listening to us on the podcast, awesome. But this really meant this YouTube thing. Just to review today. If it's high water, if it's rising fast, uh, probably shouldn't go. And I wouldn't use high water as the time you do a river for the first time. I'm stoked on this Makita blower. Don't forget, you can buy it on riverhardware.com. I'll put a link down below. And please check out the River Radius podcast. It's way better than this disaster of a show that I do. I'm going to keep doing this, but I really think the River Radius uh, podcast was the future. Um, and the one more question will go. He was offsides, obviously. Uh, no, here's the thing. I have three fantasy football leagues. And one of them, if Travis Kelsey caught that ball, I would have won my week. And the other one, if the Bills coach lost, I would have won my week. So that one play when it happened basically won two fantasy football teams for me. So it being called back is incredibly frustrating for me. But they got to call it. Like, he was off sides. I mean, they got to call it. So I – and they called they called it immediately. They didn't wait for the touchdown then call it. Like, he was off sides. I mean, I th- if he had missed the catch – like if he had thrown the ball and missed the catch and was offsides, Mahomes would have been stoked. So it's just bad timing. I, I that but the Chiefs have had a rough, a rough go. Um, cool. Thanks for buying the buying the adapter, Sean. Appreciate it. And for supporting our empire. 
And yeah, that's it. We'll see you all probably next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.